Well, hey there, writer. Welcome to the Resilient Writers Radio Show. I'm your host, Rhonda Douglas, and this is the podcast for writers who want to create and sustain a writing life they love. Because, let's face it, the writing life has its ups and downs, and we want to not just write, but also to be able to enjoy the process so that we'll spend more time with our butt in chair getting those words on the page. This podcast is for writers who love books and everything that goes into the making of them. For writers who want to learn and grow in their craft and improve their writing skills. Writers who want to finish their books and get them out into the world so their ideal readers can enjoy them. Writers who want to spend more time in that flow state. Writers who want to connect with other writers to celebrate and be in community in this crazy roller coaster ride we call the writing life. We are resilient writers. We're writing for the rest of our lives and we're having a good time doing it. So welcome writer, I'm so glad you're here. Let's jump right into today's show. Well, hey there. So today we are talking to um, poet Shelby Lee and Shelby is a best-selling poet and we don't often hear those two words best-selling and poet together. So definitely going to get into that. She writes about mental health, self-love, healing, and more. Her first poetry collection, It Starts Like This, came out in December 2016. And her second poetry collection, Changing with the Tides, was originally released in April 2019. And it became an Amazon number one bestseller in poetry. And it was just recently re-released in July 2022 with Gallery Books. She's got a new book out in January 2023. She's a full-time writer, poetry editor, and marketing strategist for writers. Um, and so you can follow her on Instagram and TikTok at Shelley Lee, Shelby Lee Poetry. I'm going to put all of that in the show notes. You can't miss it. So welcome, Shelby. Thank you so much for having me, and thanks for the introduction. I'm so glad you're here. I've been wanting to talk to you for a while. So tell me a little bit about your journey as a writer. Like, when did you start writing? When did you get, quote, serious about it? And how did that go for you? Yeah, great question. I always wanted to be a writer ever since I was tiny, first learned to read. I was just in love with books and the impact they made on me. And I knew that that's what I wanted to do. So I definitely didn't take it seriously as a kid. I was writing short stories, novels, a couple novels in college or in high school, excuse me. And I loved that. And then in college, whenever I was making this transition, you know, out of my parents' house, I was in a new state, in a new experience on my own. I started getting into poetry and journaling. And I was just writing a lot about my own experiences, my mental health. I didn't really know at the time that it was helping me. It was just something I was doing. And um, I did it every single day for a year. It was like this challenge that I started for myself. Like I'm going to write a poem a day for a year. I didn't really write much poetry leading up to that, but I found like this modern kind of more contemporary poetry world that I really loved. And it felt very accessible and open and not like gatekeepy in a way. And I really liked it. It was different than what I was learning in school. And at the end of that first year, I shared, I had shared a poem a day for a year on Tumblr. So that was like where I chose to share my little like blog posts and stuff. And people said, you should put this in a book. Like that would make a cool book to have, you know, a poem a day for a year type of, of book. And that was the first I ever heard of self-publishing of putting a book of poetry together. I just wasn't like a huge 
poetry lover until I started writing it myself. So I was learning about it at the same time as I was writing it. And so I was like, okay, that sounds cool. So I learned a lot about self-publishing um, and I didn't do all 365 poems because some of them were not good, um, but I picked my favorites, picked the strongest ones, put it together and self-published it and didn't really know what I was doing like marketing wise at all. So it was fine. I was happy with it and you know, whatever. But since then that was in 2016, um, it's just really, really grown and I've become a lot more serious about it. It's my career now. I love it. And I've published, you know, two other books, like you said, since then. Wow. That's amazing. So, um, how did you decide when you're putting your first book together was, um, did you, because you, you talk about writing about like healing and self-love and mental health. Did you, was that an intentional thing or is that because of you know, how you were using poetry, if I can use that language. Yeah. Um, yeah. So definitely the topics came before I realized what I was doing. Like I was writing about mental health and my anxiety and my self-doubts that I've, I've dealt with my whole life and didn't realize that's what I was doing. I was also writing about like relationships and things that I was experiencing in college. And then it wasn't until a few years later that I said, actually, this is going to be like my area. I love this area. I love mental health. I love self-love. This is the the route that I want to take. So I kind of like decided on my author brand, you could say, before I even knew what that meant and what I was doing. And so, yeah, that kind of came before. And then I just decided this is my path. Okay. And it kind of, I mean, it feels to me like your path coincided with like an explosion of poetry on social media, because when I was starting to write poetry, it wasn't a thing we did. Um, but then mm-hmm. I think Carr and others kind of, you know, popularized the idea of write a poem and share it on social media. So definitely something in the zeitgeist shifted there, right? Yeah, definitely. I, yeah. And I had no idea how many poets were out there or starting to share their work. And in 2016, it felt a lot more isolated. It didn't really feel like there was a lot of people out there. Now there's a ton and I find new people every single day, um, which is awesome. I love that, but it's definitely a lot more of a cluttered genre than it was back then. I felt like, um, yeah, even launching my book, I remember I set like a free promotion and it got to number one with like barely any like downloads, you know, back in the day in 2016, because it just wasn't as popular to self-publish a poetry book. Um, but now, yeah, it's definitely a lot more popular of a genre. And I think it continues to grow every day, which is awesome. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Um, and so I, I'm just going to straight up ask, so like how many books of poetry have you sold? Like all of them all together? Um, I know it's over like 50,000. I don't know, like a total. Oh number. my freaking <laughs> God. Right. Oh my freaking God. That is amazing. That is amazing. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. I mean, I, so I'm in Canada for all of the Canadian traditionally published poets. They just choked on their coffee or whatever <laughs> because they're listening to this. 50,000 books. Wow. But you're now a hybrid publisher, me, a published poet, meaning that you're also traditionally published. You, you, you're now uh, both. So can you tell us a little bit about how that happened, how that came about? Yeah, sure. So yeah, like you mentioned in the beginning, I self-published my second book in 2019, that one from 2016 to 2019, I had learned a lot more about a marketable book, getting your cover right, formatting it professionally, all of these things that I did not do for book number one. Um, and so it started doing really well. I was using social media marketing quite a bit and it you know, 
started selling really well. It hit some number one spots. Um, I think it was in the top like 50 books on Amazon for a minute, um, mostly because of my TikTok and Instagram promotions. And um, yeah, and then Simon and Schuster reached out and I had just gotten an agent at that point uh, a few minutes or a few months prior to that. And we just started the discussion of republishing, changing with the tides with them. So that's how that took place. It was such a good experience. So cool that that happened. And yeah, it's been great. And then I was um, already had a deal with another publisher, Central Avenue, who does poetry and they're amazing as well. And so I had my third book lined up with them already at that point. So I was able to have number two and number three um, kind of republished and then a new one come out this year. Wow. And that's, yeah, that's kind of great that, um, so I guess really like you did the work to get your, your poetry, you self-published, you did the work to get it to be popular. And then the traditional publishing world, went, hmm, we'd like a piece of that and kind of came to you for that. So what's been the biggest difference for you between self-publishing and traditional publishing? Do you, is, have you noticed any differences and what would you, like if somebody is sitting there considering, which I've, I've got a book of poetry, I'm thinking of, you know, publishing it. What, what would you advise them? Yeah. I think self-publishing was such a good experience getting to really, you have to do the research when you're self-publishing on what's popular with covers. How do I write a good book description? You're really like immersing yourself in the world to learn what would work best. And you still need to, if you're going to pitch a book, query a book to agents, to publishers, but I think it's on a different level where you're really doing the work yourself for self-publishing and so I think that's really beneficial starting out um, just because I learned so much. And then with you know my most recent book, it was really nice to say like, here's my book, it's done. And then, hey, here's your cover. Like things were kind of taken off my plate, which was really nice. There were still, of course, things I had to do, but I did like that aspect. I think some authors love to do it all themselves and that's why they love self-publishing. And I was kind of like, it's fun. I learned it, I got it. But it was really nice to have another expert in this field, in this genre, know what they're doing as well and kind of take the reins on that. So I really liked that benefit of going with a traditional publisher for sure. Um, Having my books in stores is just a cool thing to say and see that I didn't really get whenever I was self-published. So that was another cool one. But honestly, I'm torn. I really enjoy them both. And I think if it's possible to continue a path of, of doing both, that's what I would like to do. Um, but it's been a good experience both ways for sure. Yeah. Often with a publisher, you get a little bit of help on the marketing side as well. I mean, you didn't really need that. You probably could have been teaching them some things about book marketing. <laughs> so yeah. um, let's talk a little bit about book marketing because you're you really have built up quite an area of, of expertise there. Um so what's what's your current favorite? Like if someone came to you and said, I've got a book of poetry where would you advise them to go? Is it Instagram, TikTok, Facebook? Is Twitter dead yet? I can never tell like what week is it, you know? (laughs) So what would you, what would you advise? I would say TikTok. TikTok TikTok is my absolute favorite um, for most genres, not just poetry. And I don't, you know, just work with poets. Um, It's a great platform. People, the book community is amazing there. Um, people are quick buyers on that platform. I don't know what the difference is between that and Instagram or Facebook, but people will see a book and they will go buy it immediately. And um, yeah, it's a thriving poetry community on there as well too. 
Wow. So is that, so that's different then from Instagram. I mean, I know I get a lot of book recommendations from Instagram and if I think about it for sure, I do kind of note it. I'll just take a screenshot and then go buy it. But on mm-hmm. TikTok, people are like right on it, are they? They're just they are. Yeah, it's really interesting. I don't know if it's. I mean, it definitely slants to a younger audience, um, and I don't know if that's. I mean, especially my audience would be like teens and young adult women for the most part. Of course, there's you know other people as well, but I don't know if it's like more. Yeah, impulsive with purchases. Like, oh, I have my Amazon wish list. Like, here we go, I'm gonna go buy it. I don't know what it is, but it's um, yeah, it's definitely something that I've noticed. I've had, you know, a lot a big audience on Instagram as well. And I make sales from there for sure, but it hasn't been anything like the the TikTok is is a lot more. <laughs> and so um give us a little bit of um I guess, intro, like top three tips for success on TikTok. Like what's the, I I have been on the TikTok and (laughs) I had to get off the TikTok because even TikTok was sending me videos saying, maybe you should take a break from TikTok. (laughs) So I was like, if I stay on this platform, I'm never going to write again. So I got off it, but, um, but definitely like I, I loved the book recommendations and stuff there. So um, what would you recommend for people if they're going to hop into TikTok for book marketing? What are like your top three tips? So I would say the first one would be just spending a little bit of time kind of research wise, searching for your genre on TikTok, looking at what other authors are doing, looking what other readers are doing, because what you really want to do is appeal to readers and the types of videos that they like. Um, and so spending some time just scrolling through, looking at that. And then the second one would be just making sure you are optimizing your profile as an author. So your genre should, should be clear. Your first and last name that's on your book should be clear. Um, your bio should really speak to your reader and what you're going to do for them. What are your books doing for them? What's the impact, the emotion, things like that. You can't have a link in your bio until you have a thousand followers, which is kind of a bummer. Um, but you can link your Instagram so that if people want to go follow you on Instagram and get to your website from there, whatever they can do that. And then the third one would be the hook. So that is like your key to a good TikTok video is that first second you have to hook people in. And so whenever you're doing that research, kind of paying attention to what hooks you in, what grabs your attention in that first second, as you're kind of scrolling through and then just brainstorming a bunch of different options for yourself and um, yeah, how what would your readers be interested in? I write poetry. I write a lot of mental health stuff. So in my first second, I'm like, this is for you if you're going through anxiety. And then the person instantly knows, okay, this is for me. Um, you know, if you're a horror author, like how can you kind of appeal to them with the imagery, with the spooky sounds, with the text that you put on the screen to, you know, make sure that people know like this is for me. So really just knowing your audience and that hook is really, really key for TikTok videos. Mm, mm, yeah. Um, and how much time are you spending promoting a book on TikTok in a given week? Say? Yeah. I would say if I had totaled everything up like an hour, hour and a half, it's not a lot of time, but I've also, yeah. Just for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Not a lot, but in the beginning, I was definitely more, I was learning the platform, you know, learning a whole new way of, of doing videos and experimenting and testing a lot. And now I've kind of gotten it to, I know what works and I can kind of have a science to it and repetition to it. So I can do it a lot quicker. Um, but then, then there's people who put together a lot more advanced videos than what I might put together. So it would take them longer. 
Mm. Um, but yeah, it definitely is not as much time as people might think. Mm. And are you doing any of the, like, this is the, you know, like there was a time when everyone was doing the dance from Wednesday Adams, you know, like, are you <laughs> the dances? Cause I always look at that and think it's got nothing to do with my books. How would I even do you do that? Yeah. Or you just kind I of, don't. No, you no, don't. I don't, I don't do any trends really. It's pretty rare if I do trends, um, they can work if you can figure out a way to apply it. Like if something comes to you instantly, like, oh, this is how I would apply this. Like maybe for a horror author, that's a good example. Like that could be kind of a fun thing to do. Um, but that doesn't fit my brand at all. So I just don't typically jump on those trends because they're just not a good fit for me. Mm, wow. Okay. And are you, so you're currently, so you talked about like your, your main audience being like people in their late teens, maybe college, you know, women in particular in their Mm twenties, people who would be, you know, would be fairly common to be dealing with self-doubt and mental illness and anxiety and so on. Um, Is that something that you planned or did you see yourself there and decide, you know what, I think I'm going to stay here for a while. Yeah, no, it's not really something that I planned. I actually always thought that I was going to go down the fiction novel path. That's what I wrote in high school. And so I never really saw myself being a poet. Um, but it's it's really cool to look back on what I needed as a teenager to hear from someone else as I was going through and still do go through the self-doubt and anxiety. So now whenever I hear from someone who's in high school and they're like, this really spoke to me, this is what I'm going through. It just like brings me back to that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that they found this. And so it's really cool. It's definitely, it's definitely not the path that I thought I would take, but um, yeah, I love it. So are you still thinking of writing the novel? I think so. Yeah, I definitely want to. At some point. Yeah. Yeah. At some point. Yeah. Wow. So, and you also, um, part of how you, you make your living in addition to being a best-selling poetry author is you offer marketing services for authors. So what's the biggest thing that you see? Like when you, if you get an author, like knocking on your virtual door saying, oh my God, Shelby, help me. What is the, what's the kind of, what are the weaknesses you usually see? Like, what are people usually doing where you're like, oh, I see where we have a problem. Yeah. I think it comes down to two things. One is the messaging behind your book. And two is just not promoting it nearly enough. Um, especially when there is that self-doubt around being self-promotional, talking about yourself, talking about your book, it can feel like we are talking about it a lot more than we actually are. And especially, you know, my area of focus is social media marketing. Things get lost. You can talk about something five times, and the majority of your audience might not have seen it still. And so it can feel like I'm constantly talking about this, but you're really not. So those are the two things where the messaging will be a little bit off. They're kind of like, "Hey, I have a book out. Buy my book," and we're not really getting to the meat and the emotion and the the pull of the book, the impact it'll make on your readers. Um, and so that's that's a big one. And then just making sure that you really are with that correct messaging getting it out there enough times. And it doesn't have to be posting every single day. That's not what I mean by that, but a little bit more consistently and more often than popping your book cover up once a month and hoping you get some, some bites. It definitely takes more than that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think a lot of writers, you know, we want to be doing the writing and just feels like the marketing, it, it does, you know, there's a thing in our culture about, not tooting your own horn, not being the tall poppy that people can, you know, chop down, being afraid of 
putting yourself out there. How are people going to judge me? You know, all of that. And, and I think it is stronger. I think those messages are stronger for women in particular and, um, and maybe marginalized people as well, you know, um, with different identities. So, um, how did you how did you get over that yourself? Like get to the point where you realized, you know what? It's okay for me to be out there saying, you know, I have this book. Yeah. Bible. I think, yeah, right. Um, it definitely took time. Actually, I didn't mention this in the beginning, but whenever I was posting my poems on Tumblr, I was completely anonymous because I was so scared and filled with that self-doubt. So I actually didn't have any sort of my name on it, no pictures of me, anything like that. So it was quite a jump whenever I went to, you know, starting to post on Instagram and kind of realize I needed to build up a bit of an author brand around myself if I wanted to sell more books and be more successful. And I think it was just realizing like I've spent so much time on this book and wanting this to be impactful for my readers. And unless I talk about it, no one's going to know about it. I mean, it's going to drown in Amazon. No one's going to be able to find it. And I didn't just do it to make money. Like it's not just that. And that's a lot of writers aren't writing just to make money. It's not like the best, yeah. best way to get rich quick. Right. So um, I think just remembering that the reason you wrote this book in the first place, the reason that you wanted to impact people, entertain people, and just coming back to that as your kind of root for, okay, I need to market this because no one is going to be impacted by this and all of my hard work if I don't. Yeah, I I often talk to people who are trying to, so I have a program called First Book Finish where I help people finish their first books, like it says on the mm-hmm. can. And um, often I'm saying to people, you know, like get out of your own head. It's not about you. It's going to be about the reader. So imagine yeah. you're a reader. And I heard you say that around building an audience as well. Like get out of you as the creator and you as the writer and you talking to other writers about writing and focus more on the reader. Do I have that right? Absolutely. Yep. I say that all the time. It's not to sound mean, but it's not about us. It's not about you. It's not about me. It is about our reader and they want to hear about what this book is going to do for them. So yeah, if you can think about it, not as I'm promoting myself, because you're not, you're promoting this work, this art that you created that you want people to find. So cool. So you've, you've now got your third book is out, right? Your third yeah, book. Yeah, came out in January. Mm-hmm. So cool. Okay, we'll put links to to find that. Um, okay. And I'd love to talk to you about your um, your. You have a guide that is a book sales on TikTok guide, and it's just twenty seven dollars. And it's mm-hmm. the Book Talk Blueprint. Can you talk a little bit about what's in that? Because I would love. I I'm going to buy that, and I want to show that to people because I feel like I took on TikTok all the wrong way. And I, but I don't, because I don't know anything, I would love a guide. So can you just sort of walk us through like why that might be helpful for us to, to break that down a bit? Yeah, definitely. So I created this after seeing what TikTok did for me and other authors. I started working one-to-one on authors with, or with authors on TikTok, sorry. And so I put all of this into a guide. It is just a step-by-step guide. It'll walk you through creating your account, what to put in your bio, just step-by-step researching, you know, on TikTok, how to make a good video. There's also video tutorials embedded throughout. So it's not just a PDF. There's, you know, videos of me walking through the platform as well. Um, But yeah, over 1500 authors have used this guide. It's very highly rated. People are loving it. So um, it's been really fun to see other authors hop on TikTok and kind of get a sense of how they can use it to sell their books too. So it's really fun. 
Mm, cool. Okay. I'll, I'll put the link in the show note. I think it looks really great. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm, I still feel TikTok hasn't been. I'm going to say that. I still feel like, because when I was on it, I was consuming content and it consumed me. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but if you're just doing an hour and a half, that sounds way more manageable. So yeah, it'll take time, you know, to get that down at first, it will be a lot. But I think if you, if your phone lets you set timers on apps, I do that a lot for social media apps so that you are alerted, like, Hey, you've been on here for an hour today. Let's, you know, get off sort of thing. I find that really helpful, but definitely once you learn it more and kind of get a sense of what works, it becomes a lot faster to make content. Yeah. Cause I, I, I mean, we're all pressed for time, but writers in particular, you know, ideally we want to spend time writing. So yeah, of course. Wow. Well, thanks for being with me today, Shelby. I feel like you've opened up like a whole world for me um, and made things seem possible that weren't before. And just just being able to say best-selling poetry book and best-selling poet is a real treat. I love it that you're able to reach so many people with your poetry. So congratulations. It's kind of amazing. Thank you. Really appreciate the conversation. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Take care. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today and for listening all the way to the end. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Resilient Writers Radio Show. While you're here, I would really appreciate it if you'd consider leaving a rating and review of the show. You can do that in whatever app you're using to listen to the show right now, and it just takes a few minutes. Your ratings and reviews tell the podcast algorithm gods that yes, this is a great show. Definitely recommend it to other writers. And that will help us reach new listeners who might need a boost in their writing lives today as well. So please take a moment and leave a review. I'd really appreciate it. And I promise to read every single one. Thank you so much.